You are listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts, Aaron Walker, Heather Dyer, and Sarah Soma Syndrome. What's for dinner? Did you know you have a superpower? No, we're not talking about flying or reading minds, although those would be pretty cool to have. You have the incredible ability to help young people see their own superpowers. Boys and Girls Clubs and Big Brothers Big Sisters of Edmonton and area, also called BGC Bigs, need you now. Consider sharing your time with a young person. They want to hear your stories. Over the past year, BGC Biggs heard from young people that having a mentor means they're less likely to have anxiety, feel isolated, or struggle with their mental health. But there are more than 600 young people waiting for a mentor in their lives today. Explore how you can get involved and watch our community change, one life at a time. There's currently a need for mentors in the Big Brothers Big Sisters or Big Siblings program, in school, for our Youth in Care program, and for the new PRISM program supporting 2SLGBTQ plus young people. There's also a need for virtual tutors who can support young people as they transition back to school and are dealing with a learning loss over the past two years. Join BGC Bigs for a virtual coffee or apply now at bgcbigs.ca or Google BGC Bigs Edmonton. Your priority, their future. Hi, listeners. Uh, welcome back to Three Kitchens Podcast. This is Sarah Somasundaram uh, with my two co-hosts, Heather Dyer and Erin Walker. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. So we're doing something a little different today. We're actually, well, two of us are sitting in a different location, so our audio might be a little different. Oh, and that's my dog. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Hello, Archie. Good morning. He also was like, I'm here, Sarah. Not only yes. are your co-hosts here, but I'm here, mommy. <laughs> that's right. So how's it going? What's <gasps> happening? Uh, so over the Christmas break, Heather and I both happened to stumble upon the same show on Netflix called 14 Peaks, a fearless Nepali mountaineer. I would say a crazy <laughs> Nepali mountaineer. I think you have to be a little crazy to want to climb those mountains. He wants to summit right. all 14 of the world's 8,000 meter peaks in seven months is his, um, what? Is what the documentary is about. It's absolutely insane. And when you put it down to seven months, you're like, oh, well, maybe like two a month or whatever. But he's doing like three peaks in like 48 hours kind yeah. of nuttiness. Because you have to <sighs> fit it into the weather and you have to, yeah. some places um, are only open at certain times. Yeah. Right. And right. so he had to like, there were times when you'd be do, like back to back doing yeah. these things. And they do it, summit in like, <sighs> 12 hours or something and back down again and off they go to the next yeah. thing like just insane yeah so check it out if that interests anyone in you know mountaineering <laughs> and insane people along the lines of that I also listened to a podcast called and it's not on the HRN guys I listened to a podcast <laughs> uh, it's called the modern adventure podcast and it's with John Horsefall and it's all these people who have done these incredible adventures like walking across Mongolia or 
biking around the world or right. all these kind of like extreme adventure people. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all very, very interesting to listen to because mm-hmm. I never really want to do any of those things. I know like Heather, yeah. didn't you run a marathon once? I don't think that's along the same lines <laughs> at all. Well, see that even ups it from anything I've done. So like, I look up to you and I'm okay. like, wow, she trained and ran a marathon. That's amazing. So, you know, it's always a good pick me up <laughs> to listen to. Um, Sometimes in January, it feels like you're just dragging your feet through everything. Yeah, and then February hits. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And today is Blue Monday. Oh, so, is it? Mm-hmm. The most depressing day of the year, they say. It's not like an That's official right. holiday or anything. <laughs> I, I don't know who, who says, but the most depressing day of the year. Because the holidays oh. are now done. It's still kind of bleak out there. Your credit card bill has arrived. Yes. You <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you haven't yet got those resolutions kick-started uh or the resolutions you made sucked and you're like oh I hate this <laughs> oh that could be I I already fail <laughs> yeah you've already failed on your first resolution <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's it isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> I don't make resolutions on New Year's Eve I make resolutions in the spring when I start to wake up yeah. Yeah. I felt, you know, plan. even listening to the radio this year, I think I turned it on on New Year's Day or shortly thereafter. And their advice was like, take it easy, everyone. Let's not talk about resolutions. Let's just talk about surviving the day. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Listening to someone do something crazy like 14 mountains. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me feel like, ah, oh, if you can do that, then I can surely do the laundry that I need to do today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Good point. So that's going to help me on my Blue Monday. Oh, good. Blue Monday. You know what's going to help me on Blue Monday? What? Dumplings. <gasps> yeah. Dumplings. So that's why we are sitting here in a different place. In the kitchen. Do I need to move to my kitchen yet? Oh. Do you not have your stuff set up? I have nothing set. I didn't. There are no instructions, were there? No. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Set I don't have anything up. set up. I'm just sitting in my kitchen. Was I supposed oh. to set something up? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I want your. Yeah. So wait, 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 wait. Let me bring this in and then you guys yeah. can set it yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Point. All right. I told my co hosts that we were going to do something a little different today. I actually had this planned a while ago and I love dumplings. You guys know that. I'm going to teach you how to make or fold a new kind of dumpling. Nice. I've made the filling. I made it a little different. We're going to talk about that too. But I also wanted to tell you a sort of a story that was around dumplings. And then we realized that Chinese New Year was coming up. Mm-hmm. And so we went, okay, well, you know, kind of all the stars are aligning. And uh, so I am getting my co-hosts now to go to their kitchens and set up what the little kits that I dropped off to you this morning. It's got a dumpling mix that is already done. It's got your dumpling wrappers and you need a bowl with some water in it to dip your finger in because you're going to seal the dumplings. When you open your dumpling wrappers, and I gave you a full pack. When you buy wrappers or dumpling wrappers, they come in this this plastic, right? really mm-hmm. th- sort of plastic uh, wrapping. I like to always keep them in here, even if you don't use them all. Okay. You can put them into a Ziploc bag. I find that when you take them out and put them into a Ziploc bag, they get soggy. Oh, okay. Good For to know. Reason. I don't know why. So that's why I... I gave you a full pack. 
Okay. Oh, thank okay. you. So open it. All right. So you guys set up? Yes. Ready to go? I have yeah, wrappers okay. open. We are making shumai. Okay. okay. And shumai okay. is an open face dumpling. Very, very popular dish to order when you go for dim sum and on Chinese New Year. It's like mm -hmm. a good luck little like a pouch of goodness. In there. Mm. And it always looks like it looks the traditional way it looks is it's it looks like a cup with okay. filling in it. Okay. And the, usually they are made with pork and uh, shrimp. And those are the two things that go in there. And then if you go to the really nice restaurants, they have a little topper of uh, roe, like fish Ooh, roe on, yummy. on top, right? And then these orange, it's like a little orange roe. It's not like caviar or anything. Where like is that. our roe? I didn't see that in my bag. No roe, no roe. We're not that fancy. <laughs> Apparently this restaurant's not fancy enough, Heather. Are you kidding me? I actually... I actually have bought that row before, but because the packages are so big, I don't tend to use them. Oh, okay, yeah. And I end up wasting it. So there are two uh, websites that I like to go to for Chinese food. One is the Walks of Life, and the other one is Omnivore's Cookbook. Um, and in this case, I settled on the Walks of Life for her recipe. Can I ask, is that W-O-K? It is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to, life. I didn't want to Not assume that it was the words, but <laughs> yeah. I kind of <laughs> I used her uh, measurements, I guess, for the sauces and the stuff. But instead of pork and shrimp, I used chicken and crab meat. Oh, sounds so good already. Um, so go ahead and look at her recipe off of that website, or you can right. go to Omnivore's Cookbook, and they, she's got a really good recipe as well. Awesome. And you can put whatever you want in your dumpling. I really like Omnivore's Cookbook for lots of recipes. Makes it simple. And approachable. Our pictures are so mm -hmm. pretty. You'll want to okay. make it all. <laughs> so for shumai, usually you use round wrappers. The traditional way to make shumai is that you put the filling in the middle. You sort of push the filling in and you, you moisten the edges. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of slowly kind of cup it around the filling. And it ends up looking like a cup. Oh, it's almost That's like a little bag that's cinched, but not all the way. Right, and, and it will be flat on the bottom, okay. right? Because your filling is there. And then it just sits like, you know, when you go sometimes to a fast food restaurant and you get those little little paper cups where you fill it with ketchup mm -hmm. or- Ah, yeah. uh, yes. yes. That's the yeah. shape of it. So um, I'm gonna teach you a different way. Even though I think that that fold is actually quite easy, the original one is actually really easy because you're not actually worried about pleating some people like to pleat it all very pretty and by some people do you mean you <laughs> <laughs> she has special tools to do oh, that right <laughs> <Special> <laughs> um i find that there are like a, a few people who do say oh, it's kind of complicated like i don't know how to do it um so i'm going to teach you an easier way it really is small like if i just put it on my hand the way you were doing and kind of yeah. push it in with no filling in it. It's really a tiny little cup. Cup. Look at how do you get the bottom flat though? Because my bottom's like poking. When you put the filling in, it'll actually oh. flatten out. And then you can always tap it on on your a plate okay. to make it flat. Right. Cool. This is fun. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, what we're gonna do is you're okay. gonna hold your wrapper with your non-dominant hand. You're gonna scoop some filling out. Okay. How much? Is my cookie scoop too big, Sarah? Um, so I would go about three quarters of that. 
the I don't small have such cookie a thing. scoops listeners. You don't have a cookie scoop? I have a oh. melon baller. Is that kind of the same? Well, sort of, yeah. Heather. No, it's okay. I'm using a teaspoon. How like many a, days? How many days till your birthday? Do I really need a cookie scoop for my birthday? <laughs> I'd rather have like a bottle of vodka or something. Don't you know me by now? <laughs> I'm gonna get you a bottle of vodka and a cookie scoop. Okay. <laughs> how about it? Uh, okay. Seriously. All right, Aaron. Yes, Sounds it is good. easier. It is. I look easier. forward to it. Okay. Okay. Awesome. okay well, uh, Sorry. Uh, just when, since we're talking about the filling, so this filling has ground chicken, sugar, white pepper, cornstarch, something called Shaoxing wine, which I have in my pantry. Mm-hmm. Again, if you don't have it, just use dry sherry, soy sauce, sesame oil, and then mm-hmm. it's got mushrooms, ginger, scallion, oyster sauce, and crab meat. You mix that all together. The uh, trick to this is because the cornstarch is in there and it'll keep it all together, add a little water mm-hmm. and your mixture becomes fluffier and the texture changes mm. for the dumpling. And it makes it sort of lighter dumpling. It's really, it's a little mm. trick that never skip on the water. Okay. Okay. Nice. It smells delicious. Mm. It's not even cooked yet. No, <laughs> it smells good. good. So you've got your dumpling wrapper on your non-dominant hand. You're scooping some. Uh, filling and you're going to put it right in the middle of your dumpling wrapper, but you're going to leave some space on the edges. I think you've got more in yours, Aaron. So I'm going to add some more to mine. Okay. You want there to be a good amount of meat in here, okay? Because okay. you're not sealing this. This is an open-faced dumpling. Okay. So you don't have to worry about it being too much to seal up, right? Okay. Now, I'm going to teach you the easy way. You're going to take water and you're going to moisten the entire edge of the dumpling. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to take the opposite sides of the dumpling and you're going to pinch them so that it looks kind of like a boat. Yeah. Okay. And then you're going to turn it around and do the diagonal, like the diagonal opposite sides. And it's going to look like, would you call this a four pointed star, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Make sure that those edges are really pinched in. Yeah. Really pinched. Am I somewhere near? You got it. Easy. Totally easy. Yeah. Pretty easy, right? Okay. Go make, go make the rest of the dumplings. I'm going to tell you a story while you do. Okay, and we just set them on these little parchment squares you gave us? I put us? them on the parchment paper. Um, you guys are using metal steamers, correct? Yes. That's correct, yeah. So what I heard about metal steamers is um, you might want to just oil, just like lightly oil the steamer, and then put these dumplings on the parchment paper, and they won't stick. Okay. Oh, when we put it in the steamer? Yes. Okay. Okay, ready? Yes, tell us a ready story. Ready for a... But a story about dumpling makers. Okay, so this story comes from Macau. Uh, a cow? Macau. Oh. <laughs> Macau, not a Sorry. cow. I'm like, what kind of cows tell stories? I've never heard of this before. It's about a cow that makes dumplings. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not about know. a cow that makes dumplings. Hey, you do never know. So this is a story about some fantastic dumpling makers. But specifically, they were very well known for their bows. You remember bows, guys? Yes. Is a bow considered a dumpling? Well, yeah, we call it dumplings, oh. but but it's not a dumpling. Okay. It's okay. bows. <laughs> it's their steamed buns with different kinds of filling in it. And if you listeners are unfamiliar with it, there is, what episode was that? The very Number first episode? Number one, our of, very first one. Season one, episode one, we go through me of 
we talk about bows and we actually make bows and they're good recipes. Well, Sarah there, makes so. bows. Get we yeah. we didn't make bow. We enjoy. Eat it. <laughs> Sarah puts little cute faces on it and everything. So yeah. check it out because they look adorable. Right. And we had a friend that made the recipe and she said it worked out good, didn't she? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. Right. that's right. Bows are a thing for Chinese New Year. Another must have for Chinese New Year. Anyway, there's this restaurant in Macau, not the cow. Yes, Macau. yes. Okay, we got it. And um, <laughs> this was during the Portuguese rule like years and years ago, right? Um, and this restaurant was called the Eight Immortals. And it was very well known. And I guess it was also linked to a like a famous landmark place like a hotel called eight immortals hotel which i think is still there and the restaurant was owned by a man named jeng lin okay and so this guy is from china he comes in from china and he was a former street vendor and obviously he cooked really well and he was able to save up and start this restaurant and um he was really really dedicated to this restaurant and his entire family gets involved in running this business and i don't mean just like the wife and the kids i'm talking about like cousins aunts uncles like everyone in macau is Mm. involved running this business they become really successful because they are making these fantastic bows and you know they start making money and they're so dedicated to this restaurant that they even live right next door, like their house is right next door. They're really successful, really popular, doing really well. All of a sudden, something comes up and they have to suddenly go back to mainland China for a short time, right? So they have to close their restaurant. And of course, this is a money maker for them. And this is their livelihood. And so they close the restaurant for a few days, but then they decide to ask their friend to look after their business and house for them because they're not sure when they're going to get back, right? And this friend of theirs, he has worked in the restaurant before, so he knows what to do. He knows the ropes and he agrees to take care of things while they are away. This really good friend of theirs, his name's Huang, he moves into their house and he reopens the restaurant and he starts taking care of things and the restaurant like runs really smoothly it's doing really well he's like a really good friend like he really dedicates himself to like making this restaurant really successful nice he's <laughs> nice. doing a good job and so, so yeah nice. but it, what a good Huang is such a good guy so the Li family, they're still in, they were supposed to be in China for a few days. Like they weren't sure how, how long they were going to be away for. But then a few days turn into weeks. Uh-oh. And then the weeks turn into months. And Wang what? is still there tirelessly. <laughs> yeah. Running the wow. restaurant. Very still nice successful. <laughs> totally. I hope they're paying him. Were they paying him too? Were they paying him? See, there's this problem. Ah. Okay, nobody, including the okay. Li family mm-hmm. members, or Huang have heard from them. They just don't know where they are. Uh And so Zheng Li's brother, who lives in mainland China, then writes a letter to the Macau authorities and is like concerned about the whereabouts of the family. And, you know, they haven't been corresponding with Zheng's brother and he's freaking out a little bit, right? It's been honestly like almost a year. So let's go back to a few days after the Li family left for China. 
uh, on the 8th of August, 1985, there are some people out for a swim and they come across some body parts. Ooh, yeah. Oh, no. That's not what you want to find when you're swimming? No. And then over the next few weeks, more body parts like show up on the beach. Oh, really? At first they think because nobody has been reported missing. Seems like there's no foul play. They think that it was sharks. Just some run-of-the-mill body parts. It reminds me of when like feet were washing up in Vancouver. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally weird. Uh-huh. They thought it was um, sharks who got these people, like poor unfortunate souls who were probably maybe refugees from mainland China coming into Macau. Hey, would sharks right? just leave bits of their dinner behind? I think a shark Good would finish question. you off, man. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> yeah. Because the logic was... says... Num, num, right. Num. <laughs> right. And at first, you know, there was no no recognizable fingerprints as well. So they couldn't even okay. identify these oh. bodies. Maybe. So they just assumed that they are people who are fleeing China. So it ends up looking like a cold case. But then on closer look at the bones and the body parts they that were found at the beach, it becomes apparent that the bones were severed. And not not by shark's teeth? Not by shark teeth, <laughs> but by a knife or whatever Ooh. it is used to sever bones, who knows? Some I, sort of blade I'm not or familiar saw. with that tool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So over the next few weeks, more body parts start showing up and a fingerprint is found. So now with the letter from the brother and one recognizable fingerprint from the bodies, it's yabba dabba do time. And the police now have something to actively start investigating the disappearance and possible death of the Lee family. So they start interviewing people. So people who worked at the restaurant and Huang and anyone who knew the Lee family, right? Uh-huh. And the interview lands on a delivery guy who had been delivering restaurant supplies to the Lee family for many, many years, right? He knew them well. And his story starts some very strong suspicions. It's looking bad, guys. It's looking bad. So how are the dumplings coming? I'm almost done. I think I've got one more to do. I'm a little bit slower, but I'm getting there. No, no problem. (laughs) Okay, with these dumplings, when you are done, so put them on the little parchment papers. Mm -hmm. um, Bring your uh, water to boil at like a medium high heat. Okay. And then put your steamer on and steam them for about 12 to 14 minutes. Oh, I can't wait to eat this. I'm pretty hungry. For your dips. Okay. This is what I like to do. So I think Erin Aaron knows this because I've told her this before. Always half and half rice vinegar and soy sauce. Ooh, Sometimes okay. I like to add a little bit more soy sauce. Just That's just my personal preference. But then you can add anything into that mixture. So if you want to put sesame oil in there or you want to put a little bit of garlic in there or ginger, I like to put chili oil in it. Yeah. That becomes your dip for your dumplings. And my other favorite dip for my dumplings, and I don't know why, this, like for me, for shumai, I need to have hot mustard. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I love hot mustard. With mustard my, and dumplings. So I usually have both. Yes. You opened yeah, it. You started good. me on that. Yeah. That's right. That sounds yes. good. I'm not a big mustard yeah. fan, but I bet you it's good. Mustard it is the is secret good. ingredient to everything. What? <laughs> Yes. No. Yep. Not everything. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> okay. For your toppers, for your dumplings, it's up to you. You can keep them plain. You can add whatever you want on top of it. So as as I said, you sometimes the roe. Sometimes people mm -hmm. put pieces of carrot on it, or you could put frozen peas on them. Do you put them on fresh, or do you put them on and then steam them, Sarah? You put them on and then steam them. Oh, okay. Thanks. This is simple, simple, Ooh. simple. So 12 Ooh. to 14 minutes. So go get that done and you're going to eat. And then you're going to let me know oh, when okay. you are ready to come back. And I'm going to finish the story up. Ooh, awesome. What happened to the Lee family? What the heck happened? Maker. Who cut off their limbs? If they did indeed. Delivery dudes looking sus. Yeah, but so was the guy who took over the restaurant. Sick. Maybe he just wants to keep the restaurant. Maybe he's not such a nice friend. Yeah. After yeah. all. True crime fan over here. It's always somebody True crime. That's right. The first 48 hours. Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> or is it? In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. Park Power has low overhead, which in turn allows them to offer low competitive rates. Reach out for a no-obligation comparison by emailing estimates at parkpower.ca. If you decide to switch, it's easy. It's really just a change to your billing, and you can feel good knowing you are helping to give back to our communities with your utility bills. Learn more at parkpower.ca. All right, how were the dumplings? Really yummy. The dumplings were, yeah. and they are, freaking mm -hmm. delicious, as always. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. My God, Sarah, I could just... So this little yeah. package you made up for me, if you yeah. could just make it up for me... <laughs> on a weekly basis, you know? Yeah. It's just enough for one serving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm I having... got 14. I thought I made a lot <laughs> and then I made it up for my kids and husband's lunches and and then I gave you the rest because I had none left for me. So I'm like, oh. Oh. That's but if you guys make lots, this is freezeable. So once you fold those dumplings the way I taught you, the mm -hmm. way you guys did it, right into that star, mm -hmm. um, you put it on a parchment paper on a tray, and you stick the tray into your freezer and you flash freeze it. Mm -hmm. And once it's frozen, you take them and throw it into a Ziploc bag, stick it in your freezer. Whenever you want some dumplings, you take them out and you steam them, just steam them for a little longer because they're frozen, right? At that point. Right. And there's your lunch. There's your very easy, right? Just you just have to put a really fun movie or podcast on and listen to a story and then make dumplings. They're so easy to fold, way easier than trying to enclose it. Like even making empanada right. or pierogi or mm -hmm. whatever, like right. any kind of closed dumpling. I always have trouble with the pinching part. They just this are is never, yeah. ever this, the same. <laughs> yeah. And this yeah. is so easy and way faster. Yeah. Way faster. Simple yeah. stuff. Delicious. <laughs> I think I see what you mean by like the filling becoming puffier because yeah. when it cooked up, it kind of like a little bit. Yes. It did, yeah. it did puff. So it, it makes it lighter inside. So it's not dense like a regular meatball, right? It's a little lighter. This mm. reminds me of, um, and it may be from the Omnivore's Cookbook. I can't remember, but there's a meatball uh, yes. recipe, the pork, a pork one. Yeah. meatball that you yeah. also mix water into. And the idea That's is right. that it makes it lighter and, and it goes farther. That's You're right. stretching the meat so that you can make more of it yeah. because it's expensive, right? Yeah. If you yeah, like really making works. pork yeah. meatballs, Heather, you have to have a cookie scoop to do so. Am I right, Sarah? 
Yes. <laughs> Apparently I need such a thing. I'm okay. sorry. I'm still fixated on yes. the fact that you don't have this, have a cookie scoop because it works really yeah. good for all fillings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And sometimes filling sticks to your fingers. Uh-huh. So when you use the cookie scoop, it actually really helps. It makes everything way faster stuff. Now that my hunger has been satisfied, my curiosity needs to be. <laughs> yes. Good I job. We'll get back to the story. Nice work. So let's get back to the story. Oh, by the way, guys, I made a little Blues Monday blip. I've been um, calling them the Lee family. They're actually oh, no. the Lynn family. <laughs> I apologize. I forgot the N in my notes. Uh-oh. Um, the police interview the delivery guy, right? And this guy delivers meat to the Eight Immortals restaurant, as I said, for, like for years and years and years. And he says he remembers the day that the Lin family left for China because it strikes him as odd that they had made an order the night before for all this meat. And so he turns up the next morning at the restaurant with their delivery. And there's a notice on the restaurant door saying that the restaurant is going to be closed for the next three days. So he's a little confused. He's like, well, what do I do with this delivery? So he goes over to their house, which is like just next door mm-hmm. and rings the doorbell. And Huang is the one who answers it and tells the delivery guy, hey, you know what? The family had to leave urgently. And, you know, like, I can't just open up this restaurant Um, You know, give me a few days and it'll open up and uh, we'll be back to uh, running this restaurant again. Right. So the delivery guy is like, okay, I guess. And, you know, whatever. He's got other things to do. So he goes about doing his own deliveries and doesn't give a second thought to it after. Right. So then the police are like, okay, maybe we should go talk to Huang because it looks like something's Something's not adding up. Sussy. (laughs) Sussy. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I hang around my 11-year-old son for two Okay, but days. sussy, sussy, I haven't heard that one yet. Okay. You can That's add any sus, ending to sus. Man. Super sussy Super is sussy. what he would say. Super sussy. Okay, so the police look into Huang first before they question him, right? They start looking into him and the guys from China. So like China rec- records and Macau records, you know, they share them and everything, but they can't find any record of this Huang guy from China, right? They just don't know anything about his past. They find out that he had a different name in China. So here's Huang's story. Mm-hmm. He sort of gets into a life of crime. And in fact, there is an incident where he, a man owed him some money and he ended up killing him. So he burns off his fingertips, Huang does, and he changes his identity and he flees to another province called the Canton province. By the way, Canton province, Cantonese food, that's what you guys are eating right now. Very cool. And where he falls in love with his landlord's daughter. And the landlord is like, no freaking way my daughter's hanging out with this guy. He's just, they can just tell like he's a bad guy, right? And so the daughter and him move to Macau. They run off to Macau under a different name. And they meet the Lin family. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Lin and Huang have quite a few things in common. They're all from China originally. And Zhang and Huang are the same age. Okay. And another thing that they have in common is they love gambling. They go for these gambling nights together and they have a great time and they become good friends. Huang sometimes like works at the, the restaurant and blah, blah, blah. And they're all good. But one day 
they go out gambling and unlike previous nights, they start going into a really high stake game. And the Lin family ends up owing Huang a lot of money. And I mean like a lot of money, like tens of thousands of dollars, right? But they're friends. So the Lin family says, hey, 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 we'll pay you the money. And and Huang's like, okay, you know what? You'll have one whole year to pay off pay it off like we're good friends but if you don't pay it off within a year I get the restaurant Mm -hmm. and the Lin family says right so what's the problem I mean the the fact the restaurant is doing really well they're going to get their money back I mean the Lin family is there they are successful Mm -hmm. but they unfortunately are heavy gamblers and they get into more and more and more debt oh boy and so they're able to return the money to Huang so on the night of August 4th, 1985, Huang goes to confront the Lin family in the restaurant. And Mr. and Mrs. Lin, their kids, and I told you the extended family, all of these people are in the restaurant, they're cleaning up, they're prepping for the next day. And Huang says, it's time to hand over the restaurant, the year is done, where's yeah. my money or give me the restaurant. And the Lin's are like, no, no, we're not gonna do that. So Huang's like, what are you talking about? This is just no. Like, that's just not going to work. So Huang breaks a bottle, grabs the seven-year-old son, puts the bottle to his neck and says, tie yourselves up right now. There are nine people, including the son, there are nine people in this restaurant. Holy moly. And then he finishes binding them up um, because they don't want the boy to get hurt. One of the cousins or aunts or one of the extended family people gets free and starts screaming. And when she starts screaming, he panics, Huang panics and stabs her and kills her so now he is in a conundrum because he's like crap i killed someone i got eight witnesses so i guess i gotta kill the other eight as well (laughs) so he starts killing the other eight people and the seven-year-old son like screams out going my auntie's gonna find out about what you did and you're gonna get caught and he goes oh crap okay so he kills all nine of them and then calls up the auntie and says, um, your nephew is sick and the Lin family needs you to come over to take care of him while they uh, clean up the restaurant. And so auntie comes over and he kills his 10th victim. Oh, boy. Okay, so 10 murders. Huang then proceeds to, let's just say, deconstruct these bodies and dispose of them, right? So he puts some of the body parts in the sea, right? And Mm -hmm. that's, remember, we we talked about that, um, those body parts turning up on the beach. He then gets the key to the Lin family house and the deed to the restaurant, right? He takes over the business and I assume to make his money back that he lost. He's also in possession of all the documents of the parents, the kids, the extended family, like you're talking about student passes, passports, like everything. So when the police raid his house, they find all this evidence. In the meantime, he tries to flee Macau because he realizes the police on to him but he gets caught so don't worry he ends up in prison um, in 1986 so this is about a year after Mm -hmm. the murder so imagine he went basically a full year getting away with this right and uh, what is also interesting is more body parts of these victims were found in 1989 which was four years after the murders in a dump like Mm -hmm. a 
city dumper or something mm-hmm. like that, right? So now we know like Huang did it. Huang actually confesses to the whole thing. And uh, and it becomes this huge story in Macau because he killed 10 people and he got away with it for so long, right? Yeah. Um, he ends up committing suicide in prison after several wow. attempts. He, he was successful. This is how ridiculous this man is, like in his head. He writes a letter to the media making it very clear that he took his life not because he committed the murders, but because he could not live with his asthma anymore. (laughs) Hmm. Here's the mystery. When these murders happen, this man is 50 years old, okay? Huang Mm -hmm. is 50 years old. He has asthma. He deconstructs and disposes of 10 bodies. But do you know how long it took for him to do it? Eight hours. How was that possible? Even the police can't figure out how a man who's not the healthiest of men, Mm -hmm. and he is quite a bit older, was able to do all this, do all this in eight hours. And so they think that he had an accomplice, Mm -hmm. maybe one, maybe two, but these accomplices are still out there. Maybe a meat delivery Maybe guy. Meat delivery I was really it. afraid you were going to say that their meat ended up in the dumplings. So I'm just like, oh. <laughs> the meat delivery guy, the murders. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> There's more, guys. There is more. So the urban legend in Macau, because this story is known as the eight immortal restaurant murders. But the locals hmm? know it as the bow murders. Not all the parts of the bodies were found. <gasps> She's right. Erin is right. No, please don't say that. Erin's <laughs> <laughs> expression is like, what the fuck? And this restaurant was extremely successful. Everybody was eating there. Oh, yeah. The rumor is that the customers were eating the evidence and that they, in fact, were what they ate. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So guys, there is an act- actually a movie about this called The Untold Story. Okay. And uh, apparently it won like awards in Hong Kong and like, like it was really well done. Like even they got like best actor and stuff like that. And apparently hmm. it's a really good, it's an old one, but a good cool. gross one. <laughs> yeah. How'd you like that story, guys? That's a great story. I'm super glad I had my dumplings before that ended. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked you first. How are the dumplings? I'll still eat mine. I'm okay with it. <laughs> okay, so Heather, I want to know the mustard game changer. Yummy. Yeah, right. Uh, it's good with. I don't mustard. know that I could like. I wouldn't say like I can't eat them without mustard, but it's tasty for sure. I'm just not the biggest mustard fan, so I could take it or leave it. My son, I don't know if you heard him in the background, but he came up and he ate a couple of them and he liked the mustard <gasps> with his. Oh, good. But he's a yeah. big mustard. He puts mustard right. on everything, so. Oh, good for you, little guy. Yeah. <laughs> there concludes our dumpling episode. Dumplings uh, to dumplings. eat and dumplings to talk about. Go try doing this. Not the murder, the dumpling. <laughs> Go try the dumpling. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. Lots mm-hmm. of different recipes out there. And you can substitute things as you like. We have so many dumpling wrappers left. Mm-hmm. So I know I have some shrimp in my fridge. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to get some pork and I'm going to have some really happy kids when I make these because Sarah knows my oldest son is just the biggest fan of <laughs> all the Asian cooking that she does. And whenever Sarah brings something over and I don't share and they find <laughs> out, I get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and since I've consumed everything you gave me, 
I better get on that. (laughs) (laughs) Hope you enjoyed the episode. I did. We sure did. It was different. (laughs) This was really fun. I super enjoyed this. Thank you for sharing your creepy stories. Yes. uh, (laughs) I'm here for all the stories. Tell me all the stories. All of the stories. And now for the fine print. We at Three Kitchens gratefully acknowledge we are telling these stories in the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 Nations in Southern Alberta and the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. We honor the rich tradition of oral storytellers on this land who have come before us. You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. If you like and subscribe on your podcast player, that helps more people find us. Mom, these dumplings are delicious, but should I ask what's in them?